Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Because you're listening today, I want to give you a gift. It is my six-step blueprint to living alcohol-free. This is what I've used, the steps that I've taken (laughs) without AA, so that way I can live a healthy, sober life. Text the word GIFT at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's GIFT at 1-855-649-6196. Today's guest also has something very special just for you. Tap into the power of your intuition. Get your free guide to Ignite Your Intuition, a powerful guide that teaches you how to trust yourself and your intuition, to be real with yourself, to access the truth of your heart, and to expand all that you are meant to be, giving you the power to create life your way. I hope you all enjoy today's show. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have a very special guest, Sarah Noble. She is a mystic, spiritual guide, and transformational coach. As a portal between the seen and the unseen worlds, she lives in devotion to creating spaces that allow people to be fully alive and deeply connected to their intuition. She is passionate about inspiring you to live as your authentic self, creating a life that is not defined by your circumstances, but rather one crafted from your true desires. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. (laughs) I'm really excited too, because we were just talking about, you know, intuition and finding who we are, because for myself, I had struggled so much to find my true identity. And it took me about 35 years to find my true identity. And that's (laughs) when I stopped drinking and went to the path of recovery. And it wasn't about AA for me. It wasn't about the 12 step. It was really discovering my spirituality and discovering who's Gina, you know, who is this beautiful spirit that is inside. And so I had a wonderful mentor. She had coached me a lot. She wasn't an alcohol recovery coach or anything like that. She was just a mindset coach and she helped me with my mind. And I reframed a lot of my thoughts. I had many limiting beliefs. I always talk badly about myself because the words are so powerful. I always talk bad about myself. I don't do that anymore. I always, you know, encourage myself. I uplift myself and as well as others as well. So I'm so happy to speak to you because this is exactly what you do. And I'm excited. So if you could just share with me your own transformational journey and how it has led you to where you are today. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for sharing your path, because there's so much similarity. I was really hard on myself. I didn't love myself, didn't even like myself in any capacity. And I, like you, I found 
solace probably and comfort in overusing alcohol, food, you know, fill in the blank sort of thing as a way to numb and try to live from some sort of place that didn't, wasn't really the truth of me. I was always trying to be something for other people and the negative self-talk and just really always turning away from myself. And like you, the traditional path of recovery didn't really jive with me. I thought it was amazing for some people. And yet for me, when I really felt into it, spirituality became the path. It was really discovering who I was really going deep into the truth of me and asking the question, like, why was I drinking? Like, what is the reason? Because I would keep showing up. I'd say, I don't want to do it anymore. And yet there I was sitting at the bar with my friends again, doing the very thing I said that I didn't want to do. So it really led me on this journey of uncovering why, like, what is the programming? What is the conditioning that causes us to do the things we don't really want to do where we go on autopilot, I think, and the unconscious part of us comes in and starts running the show. And when I began to explore my unconscious programming, my unconscious beliefs, all the things that were running in the background of my life, um, there was so much freedom. Like I could see something new. I could choose something different. And that it was like, it was so amazing. And the, like the first time somebody told me that you don't have to believe what you think. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? I like, it was like, it was life changing. Like, oh, I have control over what runs through my mind. And now, I mean, that sounds so simple. And yet back then it was like, wow. And that sent me on a path of wanting to know more, wanting to go deeper, wanting to see more places that I was just stuck in a pattern or an old belief. And as I dove more into it, it became that spiritual path, yoga. Um, I found myself on a yoga mat and that really opened up a new way of being with a higher power, with divine source, spirit, God, you know, whichever word makes you, your heart feel the most alive. That really helped too, because then I wasn't like holding and gripping onto life so hard, trying to control everything because I felt I was so alone. Now I had to, well, not had to, but I chose to surrender into something that felt big and scary because I didn't know, right? You can't see it. You can't, in the beginning anyway, you can't see it or feel it or understand it. And yet here you are sort of saying, I surrender to this because what I'm doing is not working anymore. And I'm reaching that point where it's significantly not working. So it's just been a step-by-step step continuing to follow what I didn't know then, but understand now was the desire of my heart. The heart is a beautiful thing that we have. And talking about a lot of people always say, you know, I don't believe in God source, like you said, universe, whatever you want to call it, because they don't see it. And then mm -hmm. you brought up something interesting. You're like, yet, we don't see it yet. So when was the time where you were actually able to see it? Was it like a feeling or what was that? 
Yeah, it started to be, and this was kind of the path of intuition too, as I opened to the possibility that there could be something more than my traditional upbringing had told me. Then as my belief system changed, my reality changed. So I was now open to something happening and therefore I was able to perceive something happening. And in the beginning, it would be on my yoga mat in Shavasana. I would feel something more than just my anxiety or my mind swirling around in all the fear thoughts. And I began to sense almost like a space inside me that I didn't realize was there before because it was so cluttered by all this other, all this other stuff. And that really intrigued me. And I got really curious about what that was. And then it was like, I began to notice signs and synchronicities. And then like the number 11 started following me everywhere I went. And then I would think about someone and they would call me and all these little things where you could say, oh, that's just a coincidence. I decided, well, what if they're not? And I began to follow that thread. And I really, um, like, it felt like something was shifting inside me. There was a place that there was a little more love was available, a little bit more um, comfort. And it just really was me continuing to follow more of that, like wanting more each time was like, at first I was really afraid to go into the fear and the darkness and all the pain of the past. But what I saw was that the more that I actually turned and faced it and allowed myself to feel something that I had been running from, there was freedom on the other side of it. There was a different way of being on the other side. And it, I got to the point, and I mean, this didn't happen right away, but I got to the point where I started to get excited a little bit about, Ooh, what, what's that thing? Because the last time I looked at something, this magical thing happened. And so it started to feel less scary to sort of go into the fire, I suppose. Right. And, um, and then now I'm like, oh, it's time for a fire. Some, something's got to die and burn because something new needs to happen. And through that process, there's a building of trust inside myself. And the place that I've experienced in my life that my intuition really feels the strongest is because it is a function of trusting myself. Yes, and intuition is... People say, oh, I feel it in my heart or I feel it in my gut. Is that part of your intuition talking to you? Yeah, that's what I experience and I've learned. And we perceive our like spiritual information and our intuition speaks to us in different channels. So we have a knowing channel, a hearing channel, a feeling channel, and then a hearing channel. Did I say that one already? Yeah. <laughs> um, feeling, seeing, seeing channel, knowing channel, hearing channel, those four channels. And we tend to have one of those that's stronger than others. So if you're feeling it in your heart or feeling it in your gut, it's possible that your strongest channel is your feeling channel, your uh, clairsentience channel. For me, it's knowing. So when I started to develop my intuition, 
I knew things that I didn't understand how I knew, but I just knew them. And you might, if your hearing channel is stronger, you might hear things like as if someone spoke to you, but then nobody's there, you know, or people talk about hearing music and nobody else hears the music. So it's ways that uh, spirit and sort of the the other dimensions, the other frequencies and vibrations that we live inside of because we're multidimensional, they're asking for access. They're poking at us saying, hey, don't forget that you're not just this body and your thoughts. You're so much bigger. Wow, I love that. And I notice that my ears ring constantly and I don't have any TMJ problems. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I clench at night, but I have a mouth guard for that. But is the ringing of the ears I hear is also part of, is it audio voyance or? Yeah, um, Claire audience. So, okay. Yeah. So for me, when I was developing my intuition, those were like my ears would ring. I felt like that channel was opening with the ringing. And what I found when my knowing was developing, the crown of my head used to tingle so often. I'd be like, oh, and, you know, like kind of goosebumps coming down my head. And then with the the feeling channel, I would recognize that I'm feeling something separate from the experience that I'm having. And then I would recognize that it was actually the person I was speaking to. I was feeling what they were feeling and it had nothing to do with me. So we do, once we are open to exploring, you know, more terrain and territory than we're used to with our senses, we can pick up on these things. There will be a place where if we want to deepen, Mm -hmm. we just pay attention to that place and to that thing that's happening. That makes sense. Yeah. And then when you see your arms stand up or your hair stand up on your <laughs> arms and you get goosebumps, like whenever I'm talking to, whenever I'm excited about something and I'm just sharing some good news or I'm like so happy for somebody, my, all my hairs like stand up there and I'm like, I know it's real because my hairs are standing up and I'm getting goosebumps anywhere <laughs> and I get in all these little cold chills and I, I just get like this excitement. Now I used to have a lot of anxiety before and all of that anxiety now has turned into more of excitement. Like I'm not nervous about things anymore. I'm just more like, it's exciting. (laughs) But we were so much conditioned a lot here on earth and people, whether it's in media, schools, you know, friends who are influencing family members, you know, um, telling us how we should think, talk, speak, our government (laughs) as well, you know, everything. How does one tap into themselves and start trusting themselves? What are some practices that they can do? So in those places, I found one of the ways that has been really powerful and potent for me is not taking things at face value. Just because somebody says something or just because I have a thought or I see something on the news or on social media, I don't immediately believe that it's true. And I started a practice of really feeling or sensing or understanding, right? Whichever way you start to perceive things. What was more true for me? And what did it actually activate inside me? Because most times there is a sensation that goes along with the experience, but we've just 
become so used to it that we don't notice it anymore. Or we just think, oh, that's how we are. When my mom comes to town and says X, Y, Z, I feel anxious and this scared or whatever the thing is. And I just think that's how it is. It's always been this way, right? As long as I can remember. And then I am calling up a friend all stressed or going for a drink, right? Back in the old days, it was like, oh, I can't handle this. I need a drink. (laughs) And it's in the turning towards and really feeling for what is happening inside my body because our body is so wise. We have our physical body and we also have our energetic body that informs our physical body. And that energetic body is made up of a lot of things, including our conditioning, our ancestral family line trauma, our own life trauma, past life trauma, all the things, right? It lives in our energetic field. And we will have a sensation inside us that is related to whatever we are externally experiencing. And when we have the courage to pause and feel for that, and in the beginning, in the moment, it wasn't possible for me to pause in the middle of some heated discussion to check in and wonder what those sensations were. So I would take it to my meditation practice or to a stillness practice where I would sit and recreate what happened as a way to recreate the sensation in my body. And then I went on a journey with that sensation and used the wisdom of the body to show me why. Because what I was arguing about or what I was um, inside of that was triggering or activating was really not about what was happening. It was about my younger self or a previous event that happened that was being activated. And then I was imagining that it's the truth of what's happening now, but it's not. And the more that we practice recognizing what's happening inside of us and using it, that's where we clear away and we find the truth underneath. And doing that helped me set boundaries because boundaries are another thing that allow the truth of us and our intuition to really come online because we're not rushing out to please others, or we're not concerning ourselves with other people's problems and negating our own. Where And problems, I use that word lightly because I believe everything's an opportunity. (laughs) But for a long time, I did think things were problems, you know? And so on the beginning of the journey, that, that can be part of it. And the more that I set clear boundaries, the more alive the truth of me was allowed to be because it was not dependent on anything outside of me. It was only dependent on my internal experience. That's beautiful because, you know, there's some friends that we thought we were, that we thought they were friends. They're like talking about, about us and they don't want us to grow. Or if they, if we are Mm -hmm. growing, they're just like, well, why are you doing that? Or (laughs) what's going on with you? You know? And I think it's, it's important to, you know, have those boundaries, especially in like, early phases of recovery, because you want to stay away from those old drinking buddies, those ones who influence you to stay up all night and drink with them and get into bad things afterward. Who knows? <laughs> That's where all I was. That was my life. I was. Yeah, I, was I relate. <laughs> I was horrible. Yeah. But my spiritual journey actually started. Um, let me think about this in 2000. 
I would say it was a long process. So I was still heavy in my drinking. It was in 2013. And I knew I wanted to stop drinking, but I didn't know how. And I was married at a time to my husband, who was also a very codependent, and he was an enabler. So he would constantly buy me alcohol. Anytime I would ask, oh, go get me this. He would just go get it and give it to me. And so I remember we were like, you know, we got invited to church. And then um, I needed to drink in the parking lot because I, I couldn't function without drinking. That's how bad it got. And I remember going inside the church and then all of a sudden I started just crying. Like I didn't really, I mean, I knew of Jesus and, you know, Christianity, but I never grew up religious or spiritual. I just knew, <laughs> you know, there's a Buddha, there's a Jesus, there's, you know, this. <laughs> and so, but I started crying, crying, like something within me was just reacting. And I don't know why it just happened. And so I'm like, well, maybe this is where I need to be. It took a while for me, though. It took until, was it 13, 40? Yeah, about four more years until I was actually able to get sober. Now, is there a certain experience that you've experienced with yourself that you're like, you know what? I don't want to drink and live this lifestyle anymore. I want to tap into more of my own spirit and see what I'm actually capable of doing and becoming. Yeah, I, it's what's dropping in. And I'm remembering is when I was in that place where you were, where it's like, I couldn't really function without alcohol. I used to sometimes go, I went to work without drinking, but that was probably the only thing, you know? <laughs> Lucky you. I actually went to work with drinking. <laughs> so, yeah. I feel you on that. We one. do what we have to do to survive. Yeah. Like it really is, you know, we're just coping the best we can. Right. Like that, that is something important. It's like to not give ourselves a hard time for the things that we did because we were really just doing the absolute best we could with what the life we had been given and to cope, right? To show up each day. And so I have so much compassion for that younger version of myself. And I actually have come to really like cherish her decisions because I see them as her still striving for the best of me. She just was really misguided. You, know? you put that perfectly because thinking about it, like, I don't think I would have changed anything. I really needed to go through that experience of just despair, um, sadness, anger, resentment, fear, all of that. I had to experience that in order for me to see the other side, which is the light. And then once I was able to acknowledge that, you know what, I can't do this by myself. I need a higher power to help me guide me. And that's when I was remembering I was in my car as this is before work. And I had it was drinking and I had like these plastic bags and I would literally use them to like throw up in and still drink because my body needed that it was it was really disgusting. Uh, but that's what I had to do. Like you said, we had to do what we had to do in certain situations. And I remember I'm like, I do not want to live like this. I was like, God, I do not want to live like this anymore please help me. And then I had like a medical thing happen to me where I had to be, go to the hospital and be hospitalized. And that was a decision like, like, wow, this is an opportunity for me to detox and then just to start brand new. And that's what I did in 2017. I was like, you know, and I felt so much empowered and I felt this great sense of, wow, I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. I just need to be guided properly. And I think yeah that we don't see that, but we just have to have faith. Like I say, they have faith mm -hmm. <laughs> and just really just be guided with your spirit. You know, your spirit is the one guiding you, <laughs> your spirit. 
yeah God. It's, it's all connected we're, it's all connected it's all this <laughs> we're all yeah connected. we're all connected we're just one big frequency and energy as we get into like we're like a collective and once we all discover who we are and love and give love <laughs> and serve and be an act of service I think earth would be just like heaven on earth yeah yeah we've forgotten right who we are and we're caught in these patterns and and in the collective unconscious like we are all one organism human human beings and we're all connected and where where we're at in the point of our evolution is that we have forgotten this and we are allowing that myth and lie of separation to really run the show instead of this remembering that I am you and you are me. And what I do to you, I do to me. And what I do to me, I do to you. And so when we can see a lot of the patterns in the unconscious as a collective as well, right? It's not just the positive love collective that we're part of. We're also part of the darkness together. And what happens is I think we personalize that so much. It's me. I'm the one with the bad thinking and the bad, you know, bad habits and all the things, but we're still all in that together too. And if it's, it's important to not to identify so deeply, I think with the things that we consider wrong about ourselves. Yes. I was always talking bad about myself. Like I was mentioning earlier, I had, if I did bad on a test, I'd be like, oh, you're so stupid, Gina. If, you know, my boyfriend had broken up with me, oh, because you're so ugly and, you know, you're fat. You know, I would just talk all these things, but I was actually becoming those things. Whatever I was speaking, I was creating. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. And I went, but when, when my mentor told me that I can literally create the reality that I want, I was like, what? How is that possible? <laughs> How do we create the reality that we want? How do we do that? Well, it definitely takes time, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's, yeah. But yeah, it changes everything. Like it, it goes, that thing saying we create our reality goes against everything we've been taught. We're just taught reality is reality, cause and effect. This happens, this happens. You can't change it. You are a product of sort of what happens to you, right? So it's this new way of thinking that, no, no, that is, that's just a story we've been told. And you really are the creator of your reality. You do dream your own destiny into being. And I believe that, and maybe, you know, if this was your experience, like you hear it and the mind says, oh, I don't know if I believe you, but my heart was on board. Like it wasn't the thing that I just, eh, no, that's not true. I questioned it and my mind freaked out around it. But the truth of me and my heart was like, huh, I'm curious. Tell me more. And the mind is very deceptive. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, the mind is like, I feel like is the enemy speaking to us sometimes, you know, it's just like saying all these negative things. And it's like, go away, go away. <laughs> do you, what do you, do you experience any negative talk still? I mean, I still do, but I don't pay attention <laughs> to it anymore. I'm just like, oh, whatever, you can go away now. <laughs> and I laugh yeah. about it. I laugh about it now. But is there anything that you do in particular? 
Yeah, I think there's levels of it. And, um, and I actually just created a live about this this morning because I had an experience where I was not realizing that I was trying to push some fear thoughts away. I thought I was doing my practices with them. And what I realized is that I really was just wishing them away. And where I've had a really big uh, shift and transformation in my life is where I stopped trying to push things away and make them wrong. And I actually brought them closer and asked what their wisdom is. So some of the negative thoughts, they're just on autopilot and they just need to be re rewired, right? That part of our brain, the neural net that we get caught in these negative neural net patterns and roadways, pathways that we've created from thinking these things for years and years and years. So that's one level of it. Um, and those ones are kind of like inter they're interrupting the pattern and putting a new pattern in place. Then I believe there's the deeper uh, sort of beliefs that are not just thoughts, but they're more thoughts that have been practiced so long that they become beliefs. They become foundations that we're building our life upon, and we're not even recognizing that we're doing it. And those will often come up in our fears. And when every time I have turned towards a fear, rather than wish it away or try to negate it or not give it attention, it grows stronger. And when I have turned towards it, there has been some incredible gift and wisdom that I've actually found inside underneath that fear. But it took me having the courage to actually look at what was happening and feel the sensations around what I was trying to avoid in order to get the medicine and the magic out of it. Yes. And I've heard that, you know, you experience happiness when you're able to accept all the good and the bad and be okay with experiencing both. Yeah. 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 Because we live in duality and some of you know, modern spirituality or where we are at maybe in our teachings today. There's a lot of talk about being in the light and love and raise your vibration and raise your frequency and then everything will change. And it's like, yes. And that is only half of the truth of our duality. We have a whole other side that is the darkness, that is the death. That is the, the, the darkness, the cold part, right? Like we have summer and spring, but we have fall and winter and we have light and we have dark and we have this way of everything has an opposite. So I believe and experience that the more we are willing to sit with the darkness and allow the other half of duality to be part of our experience, then the way that we exist in the light is so much more rich. There's so much more to it because we're like, it's almost like we're kind of faking it in this side, right? Like, oh, I don't want to look at that. I just want to look at the bright, shiny object, sparkly part. And I, I don't believe we can go as deep in that place because we have to bring ourselves in, right? We've got to bring that in. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the dark part because everyone does like on social media, you see on all the reels, like 
manifestation, positive vibrations, just like you said, you know, and, but no one ever talks about the other side. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm glad that you brought that up because the other side is what can create so much more light. <laughs> yeah. But we need to be okay experiencing it. And one thing that I've learned for myself is during those dark times, and I still get, I'm a human being, and we're going to go have emotions, we're going to go through feelings and thoughts and stuff, but it's how I respond to them, what matters the mm -hmm. most. Um, what I've learned is I've been really focusing on breathing exercises, and that is taking me to like, like you said, you're a portal, right? Here's the spiritual realm, and then there's the here on earth <laughs> right now. And it's taken me to that other spot. And I'm so glad that we as humans have that ability to escape. <laughs> Are there any practices that you do in particular that can be like your escape mode <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're trying to feel like overly stressed or anything? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like for me, I used to view it as escaping, right? And then I realized that that's just another way of me avoiding something. Mm. And the deepening practice is always being with. I think the the root of a lot of addiction is self-abandonment. And when we learn to sit with ourselves through everything, something magical happens. Because all of a sudden, we're not blaming our parents for not being there for us. We're not blaming our friends. We're not bl blaming our boss. You know, fill in the blank of whoever you want to put it on. But ultimately, the one, the only person that can give us what we want and the love that we desire is ourselves. So for me, it's more of a, how am I being with myself in those moments that are really challenging? And I love breathing. <laughs> it is the thing, like if we can pause and we can breathe, we step into a different reality after that breath because it, otherwise we're activated. We're in fight or flight. We're in our programming. We're in our conditioning and we're not present to the moment or the other person. But when we, take a moment to just collect ourselves and be with ourselves through some deep breaths, a different version of ourselves shows up for the situation or the, the moment, right. That is happening. And then that's where we're being the truth of us, not the scattered triggered person, <laughs> You know, and like you say, we're human. That <laughs> version of me shows up. <laughs> and right? Yeah, totally. Because we were conditioned that way. We've just been used to it for so many years. Mm -hmm. And who knows how many more past lives that happened like that too. <laughs> totally. But so when people always ask, like, how do I seek my purpose in life? What do I need to do? Because even in college, you know, we have to take all these different classes in order for us to get to our, ma our major, major classes. <laughs> what are, how can someone find their purpose here on earth? 
So for me, I was one of those people who never knew what I wanted to do. <laughs> Graduated high school. I chose a major in college because I had to choose something, right? At some point. And I chose something that I, I chose economics and finance and business because I had liked this one class that I took. And I think I only liked it because I liked the teacher. It was an accounting class and I liked the teacher. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to be an accountant. And I was sitting my junior year in accounting class, absolutely bored. Like I couldn't even pay attention to the teacher. I was writing notes to my friend, you know, and um, because back then we didn't have cell phones, <laughs> like actually writing notes. Right. And um, and I was like, it dawned on me. I was like, am I going to spend the rest of my life doing this? Because in college, you at least when I was in college, that's the way it's sort of presented that this will be the rest of your life. Um, I think it's different now, hopefully, but, um, so I raised my hand, can I go to the bathroom? And I actually went upstairs to my advisor's office and changed my major because I was like, I cannot do this. <laughs> and that's when I went into economics and finance and I only did it because I liked the teacher again. And I graduated college still not knowing what I was going to do. And I really haven't ever known like what I want to be when I grow up. And so for me, it was more a path of what am I choosing next? I don't know the career or the big thing that I want to do. I'm just going to choose the next thing. And I don't think I did it as consciously then as when I look back and reflect, I see that's what I was doing. I was just choosing the next thing that I wanted to do. And I didn't live the traditional life of graduating, getting the job, getting the car, getting married, having the kids. Like I, I didn't do that. I traveled. I lived in my car, my tent in other countries. And, you know, I, and I just did whatever work I could do that would get me through and to the next plane ticket or that kind of way. And, you know, it, there was a lot of shame. Inside all of that adventure, there was still a lot of shame of like, what am I supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be doing more with my life. I should have a career. You know, most of the my friends had careers and were already starting to have kids. And I'm like, but I'm going to Australia for six months. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> and um, all along, what I see now is that I was living my purpose. My purpose was to live a non-ordinary life. My purpose was to really dive deep into my addiction and have it be consuming so that the contrast of the other side made so much more sense to me. The sobriety, the deep personal reflection, community, purpose came from those things and I remember probably, gosh, maybe 12 years ago, hearing something about what is your dharma. And it like lit something up inside me because at the time I actually was in a career. I, I spent 11 years in publishing um, after my wild travels and it became a career. It became part of my path. And one of my jokes is it's like, okay, now I finally know what I want to be when I grow up because this is my purpose. This helping, supporting, 
uh, teaching, inspiring others to their own path, to their own heart, to their own lived experience of life is who I am and who, what my purpose is. But unless I had lived the all the nuances of my own life, I wouldn't be able to hold the space for others inside of all of their challenges and beliefs and experiences. So I see now that purpose is like, we're always on the path. We're never not. Even when we think we made a bad decision, you know, wrong decision, it really was the right thing because we needed to know and learn something. Something had to change and it wouldn't have changed if we hadn't made a mistake that wasn't really a mistake. <laughs> and, and so what I, you know, talk to my clients about and what I teach is it's that it's really just following the desires of your heart. You know what you want. You might not know what you want in 10 years and you might not know what your whole life looks like. You might not even know what next month looks like. But you do know that there's something today that you would love to be different. And you have a choice of whether you're going to keep doing what you're doing or if you're actually going to take a step in the direction of the thing that you would love. And I believe that is how we find our purpose. It's one step at a time in the direction that we would love to go. That is so beautiful. I love that. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> it's a good thing I have all this recorded and yeah. <laughs> go back and reference it to my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so beautiful, Sarah. Now, where can people find you if they wanted to go ahead and have you as their mentor and coach or just to see you on social media? Yeah, thank you. I'm at sarahnoble.com and on social media, I'm the Modern Day Intuitive. I also have a podcast called the Modern Day Intuitive Podcast, and I just really love sharing and teaching and guiding others on this path to aliveness, right? And just finding that love and truth within themselves. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you would like to share to the audience? Um, follow the thread. Like that's the thing that's always led me. It's like intuition is part of it. It is a deepening place. And a lot of people I talk to, they believe they don't already know. But you know, you really know you're just either afraid to say or to, to, to do the thing, or you think you need permission but you don't. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I enjoyed you tremendously yeah. <laughs> on my show. And I am going to check out your podcast too. <laughs> I already know thank it's amazing because you're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gina. It's been really just a pleasure to be here with you. I've truly enjoyed this. Thank you. I want to give a shout out to Feedspot. They recognized my show as being on the 50 Best Women's Sobriety Podcasts. I am super excited about that, and I couldn't have done it without you. I also want to introduce my new mini course. It is called Overcoming Challenges. So if you're having difficulty 
in everyday life with things happening that are unexpected or you're like, how do I handle this? I have the tool. <laughs> I will leave those links in the show notes. And if you are wanting to be part of my newsletter, make sure you text the word SHINE, that's S-H-I-N-E at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's 1-855-649-6196. Please make sure you leave a five-star review if this podcast is for you. Love you.